is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, that number, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So we've talked about government schools in the past quite a bit on this program. Exhaustively, yes. It's one of those issues where you and I, Mark, agree, I think, 110% uh, that we have no interest whatsoever in supporting the government school system, aren't interested in sending kids to the – if we if I had a kid, I wouldn't send him there. You've got one now, and you're not going to send him there. It's not my intention. You're just not interested in it. No. Nope. Uh, because they teach things that we might not necessarily agree with. Not necessarily, uh, you know, math and the, the way that stuff works, but they teach they obedience. Teach, they, well, they um, they do that. They, they certainly, uh, it seems to be as big, as important as anything else in school is raise your hand, uh, be quiet, don't get up and use the bathroom unless you've asked, you know, all those things. But they also teach kid that, kids that it's okay to steal to get what you want. And that's what, you know, the, the government system does. In order to, you know, fund these government school systems, the government has to steal, which is taking money by either threat, coercion, or subterfuge uh, from somebody who you didn't ask permission from. And that's what taxes are. Right. And the other thing it does that really bothers me is it uh, is a constant, serves as a constant indoctrination tool to young people of America to get them to believe that the state is all, to get them to believe that it's necessary, that government is good, and the government is beneficial. And I don't agree with those things. I have a fundamental disagreement with the things that the uh, many of the topics these government schools inculcate young people with. And so I'm not interested in supporting them. And I, there's just reason after reason for it. I mean, you beyond the fact that government schools are ineffective – and they churn out uh, people that can't read and write very effectively, and the amount of money they spend on this failure is tremendous. Here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do the show from, it's like $13,000 per pupil. You can get a private education in some cases for less than that amount and get far better education. Of course, homeschooling is significantly cheaper and also far better than the government school. So there's there's practical reasons, there's moral reasons, there's so many reasons to oppose the state. And I just wanted or the state schooling, and just wanted to share another story with you here. And this really kind of upsets me because I can tr- I'm trying to imagine myself in this young person's position or the, the position of their parents. Let me just get into it here. From the Associated Press, when a high school senior told her principal that students were taunting her for being a lesbian, he told her that homosexuality is wrong, outed her to her parents, and ordered her to stay away from children. Now, I could, crap. I could go on with the story, but I mean, that's, and I might go on with the story, but that says everything to me. That's outrageous. <sighs> he's lost his mind. Uh, but this is his viewpoint, right? It's, he's probably some religious guy or whatever. He happens to be the principal of this school, and he's willing well, to. Well, I'm fine with his viewpoint as a religious guy. I'm, you know, that, that, that should be his viewpoint. And if he were running a, uh, a Christian school, that's, I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, that, yeah. that, whatever. Um, the problem I have is that uh, everybody has to pay taxes, including lesbians, and uh, right. it, it, to me, it's it's wrong that you would use that you would use their tax money to pay this guy to do that action, and he was paid to do it. So when I was sitting earlier this week in this meeting with a city manager here in Keene, just to ask him a bunch of questions about the nature of government and obligations and things like that. 
he, uh, you know, the issue of schools came up, and I said, well, I don't, you know, I have a fundamental disagreement. I'm, I'm all right with the idea of paying for fire protection, because, of course, he mentioned that uh, during the conversations to, you know, what we need government for, and p- police protection and things like that, clearing the roads. I'm fine with paying for clearing the roads, fine with that. But I'm not fine with what they're doing in these government education facilities. And not only from, a, again, a curriculum perspective, but also in examples like this. I don't want my money going to nonsense and bigotry like this. I'm not interested in it. And, of course, his response was, well, the community votes and, you know, it's for the community's good and you benefit from this because we're educating kids. But I know I don't benefit from this. They, they tell you that you benefit from it, but... I suppose that it's good that the kids at McDonald's can read, but isn't that really McDonald's problem as to whom they hire? Oh, yeah, and the presumption is that no one would get educated without these government schools, yeah. and it's just poppycock. Let's continue with the story, though, because what happened as a result of all of this hubbub here? What what uh, what expanded out from this event? The bureaucrat, uh, the, the principal was fired because he uh, stepped way out of the bounds of the role of his uh, uh, you know, <laughs> Let's find job. out. Uh, he suspended some of her friends who expressed their outrage by wearing gay pride T-shirts and oh buttons God. at Ponce de Leon High School in Florida, according to... I was just wondering where it was. Yep, according to court records, and he asked dozens of students whether they were gay or associated with gay students. He freaked out. The American Civil Liberties Union successfully sued the district on behalf of a girl who protested against Principal David Davis, and a federal judge reprimanded Davis for conducting a witch hunt against gays. Davis was demoted, not fired, but demoted, and school employees must now go through sensitivity training. Well, I'll tell you, this, the fact that he was demoted is huge. Um, in, I'm not saying it's, uh, it's an appropriate punishment. I think there should have been more, but it, it, you know, just the very fact that that happened amazes me. Despite all that, many in this conservative panhandle community still wonder what exactly Davis did wrong. Steve Griffin, the Holmes County school superintendent who keeps a Bible on his desk and framed scriptures on his office wall, says, We're a small rural district in the Bible Belt with strong Christian beliefs and feel like homosexuality is wrong. So the district, apparently, he's speaking for the entire district. How does the district get to decide that? I thought the district was some imagination of uh, the community. Yes, but he's the embodiment of the imagination. No, he's not. He's just some jackass. But that's what they believe. These people believe that they are the anointed ones, that the community has anointed them to do these things, to steal people's homes from them if they disagree with their curriculum. Because that's what's going to happen to me if these people get their way. And, and you know, there's nobody else here to back me up. Luckily, more and more people are coming here to back me up. I haven't stopped paying property taxes yet, but, boy, is it something I want to do. Anyway, continuing here, uh, he says, or Holmes County, rather, on the Georgia line has about 20,000 residents. There's some agriculture, but most people are employed by either prisons or schools. That's a bad situation. Yeah, when you have a Everyone's community a bureaucrat. of, of bureaucrats, it's not a good thing. Some commute to the Gulf Coast and work in tourism. Ponce de Leon, with fewer than 500 residents, has a cafe, post office. Fewer than 500? Wow, it's yep. small. And an antique store. Many in the community support Davis and feel outsiders are forcing their beliefs onto them. Griffin, hmm. who kicked Davis... Hey, outsiders wouldn't be forcing your beliefs onto people if you weren't forcing your will onto uh, everybody in the community by, force, by taking yep. tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Look, if you want to have your happy little school district, fine and dandy. All you have to do is pay for it. And then you can teach whatever you want. As much hate as you want, too. Sure, yeah, anything. Just don't force me to pay for it. Man, I mean, these people are sick. 
But this is, ha- you know, just because this doesn't, this particular incident doesn't happen anywhere, doesn't make what they do everywhere else any less objectionable. Right. The fact is, um, you know, if they're if they're doing sex ed- education for the kids, if they're doing, uh, you know, they're teaching them Keynesian economics, if they're teaching them new math, you know, whatever it is that they're teaching them, there's somebody out there, believe me, that disagrees. And the fact is, their house will be taken from them if they do not pay to support this system. And if they don't want to leave their house, that's what makes it wrong. If they don't want to leave the house after they've been sent notice of it being sold out from under them, they're going to send men with guns to their home and possibly kill them over this. Griffin, who kicked Davis out of the principal's office but allowed him to continue teaching at the school, said high schoolers here aren't exposed to the same things as kids in Atlanta or Chicago. He said, and again, this is the superintendent of the schools, I don't think we're that different from a lot of districts, at least in Panhandle, that have beliefs and maybe are different from societal changes. Does that even make sense? I don't think we're that different he's, from a lot of districts, he, he, he at least in the panhandle, in fact, that have beliefs that maybe are different from societal changes. Well, he thinks that, uh, that this is this is They're the doing this is the doing of blue states and uh, the doing ah, of yes. uh, Hollywood and and uh, you know it, it's, so everyone it's else a homosexual agenda and, and that whole thing. Right. So everyone else is changing to become uh, accepting and allowing of of homosexuality and other right. things like that. And he's saying, well, we're 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 not changing that. And way I don't think he should here. have to. I don't think he should have to. I think right. he should be able to have whatever bigoted, backwards belief he wants to have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, look. Backwater. <laughs> Listen, yucker, do you can hate the <laughs> you can hate the the gay people all you want to hate them, but the the fact is. You you are willing to steal people's yeah. houses from them to pay for your little school so that oh, you can that, propagate that, it's your not hate. Stealing. It's not stealing when we do it, Mark. Why is that? It's the will of the people. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Well, it's I'm not a, the I'm will an of all the people. Representative, and uh, it is the this is what the people want. Here no, no, it's the will of the people that elected you. That's all. That's and right. maybe it's the will of them. That's right. Well, then well, how do all obey. those people get to this uh, is take our my? System. Can, if everybody in the the whole community votes to take my house away, is it okay? This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include archives, an entire year's worth of the show, right there on the front page of the website for your download and convenience at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. If you want the best chance at liberty in your lifetime, it's going to happen here, and it will happen sooner with your assistance. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the entire idea and get involved, because this is where the activists are moving. This is where the best of the best are coming to, to get active both politically and in the market uh, in the marketplace to achieve the voluntary society. Go to freestateproject.org and get signed up today. Let's go to your calls. We'll continue discussing here this issue out of Ponce de Leon, Florida, where a young lady, senior in high school, um, was outed by her by the principal there. And this was after she expressed concern that she outed was being as taunted. A right, as a lesbian. Right. She was being taunted for her lesbianness, her homosexuality, and he told her parents and told her that homosexuality is wrong, then suspended some of her friends who were supporting her. We'll get back to that, but let's talk first to Milton in Second Life. You're on Free Talk Live. Milton. Hi, I was wondering if anyone has challenged the constitutionality 
of any of these earmarked taxes on the basis of, I mean, earmarked for education, on the basis of the idea that what is being taught is contrary to their religious beliefs. I don't think that, you, I mean, I'm not sure. There are a lot of court cases out there, and I'm certainly not an expert on any of them. But I, I don't think that challenging the constitutionality of anything anymore is really going to get you very far, because it's their courts, it's their prosecutors, it's their system entirely, and they have an interest in supporting what they do. Yeah, sure, there's an, you know the occasion here and there, like this principal was demoted to a teacher. Wasn't fired, but demoted. You know, So there are these occasions where the government will make it look like, see, you can really change the system if you try hard enough. But I, I just don't know how far you're going to get with that. Mm, not necessarily, but, you know, certainly law is whatever the man with the most guns says it is. That's kind of, you know, kind of the essence of government. I think that's the way to start, though, is to, uh, you know, put in a, a lawsuit on it. And it, it, the legal system's just, it, it's screwed up in the sense that I would have to pay to put this lawsuit in, and I would have to pay to fund the if lawsuit. You lose. And then and some And the bureaucrats and, you know, the government people on their side wouldn't have to pay. And, and if you lose, you have to pay more, God knows right? how much money I'd put into it. By the way, I'm streaming this at the Liberty Pub in Second Life. I'm assuming oh, that's okay excellent. since I stream the ads along with the program. Any, yep. Anybody can stream this show. Uh, that would be awesome if you would stream this show there. Thank you for that, yeah, Milton. We're, we're there every day, six days a week. Great. That Second Life is this alternative kind of uh, reality simulator. We haven't talked about it in a while, so there's still people hanging out there. That's good to know. Yeah, we're at, uh, we're at the Liberty Pub, which is kind of a traditional venue for libertarians. How do, pe- do, do people just search for that in Second Life, the Liberty Pub, and then they'll, exactly be able to, right. they'll be able to like teleport there, right? Is it secondlife.com? For Precisely. People? Cool. Have fun in there, and I thank you for the call tonight. Thank you. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. I'm glad it's you know it's still going. Yeah, the, the Second Life, for those who don't know, it's kind of like a video game without a really any There's point. no point. Um, you know, just, you just kind socializing. of interact with other people. Everybody's yeah. got their own little video game guy, person, thing. Avatar is what, is what the is. terminology is. And they, you know, they, they can interact and do whatever they want there, and it's, it's just like a, a Second Life. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Back to the story from Ponce de Leon, Florida. The Associated Press reporting on this situation where essentially the entire school board, the the school district itself, the government uh, corporate entity has come out. And the superintendent speaking for the entirety of the district says he believes that that the district believes that homosexuality is wrong and that they're upset. Some people in the, the town are upset. Because uh, that, be, because they believe they're being forced to experience people with alternative lifestyles. They believe they're being forced to do that. Anyway, uh, D- G- Griffin, the superintendent, says, I don't think that we're that different from a lot of districts. The beliefs that maybe are different from societal changes. Gay rights act- activists say that's no excuse for what Davis did. The problems began last fall when Davis, who didn't return phone messages from the Associated Press, admonished the senior, who's identified only as Jane Doe in court records, and whose friends say she doesn't want to talk about the experience. The friends donned gay pride t-shirts and rainbow-colored clothing when they found out how Davis had treated her, and he questioned many of them about their sexuality and association with gay students. Some were suspended. U.S. District Judge Richard Smoke recounted his ruling, saying, Davis embarked on what can only be characterized as a witch hunt to identify students who are homosexual and their supporters, further adding fuel to the fire. He went so far he as... He freaked out. I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah. That, that, that's how it appears to me. He went so far as to lift the shirts of female students to ensure there were no letters GP or the words gay pride were not written on their bodies. 
What, did he just hear that rumor, or is that something that's like cool these days? With I don't kids? know anything about that. It, uh, <laughs> look, if it's my daughter going to school and the principal's lifting her shirt to look yeah. for sounds like letters, he's, sounds uh, like he's I'm, a little obsessed with yeah, the whole lost gay his, movement. Lost his mind. Yeah. Heather Gilman, 11th grader who took part in the protest, complained to her mother, Ardina, a 40-year-old corrections officer and mother of three. Ardina Gilman called the ACLU. Now, hold on. Wait. I thought they said that the district was against, uh, you know, this gay pride thing. I thought the district was... uh, Isn't Ardina in the district? Oh, no, no. I think they mean the, the corporate entity known as the government. I don't, know what, for everyone I don't know what they're talking about. They're right. nuts, is yeah, what they, it is. But they believe that people like Ardina support them because, well, they voted for them. But, of course, not everyone voted for them, but that doesn't matter. The people that lost, they don't matter, right? I guess. All right. So Ms. Gilman called the ACLU, even though she knew people would be angry. She said, I just felt like I had to stand up for the kids. Heather wanted to do this, and I had to back her. Ardina hoped to protect the students' freedom of speech, whether it was the freedom to wear Confederate flag T-shirts to show Southern pride or the freedom to wear rainbow T-shirts to support gay rights. Courts have repeatedly ruled that similar student protests are constitutional as long as they're not disruptive. The ACLU attorney said, I think a shirt that says I support gays is very different from a shirt that says gays are going to hell. One can be very disruptive for a child's self-esteem. The other supports other people and their ideas. Well, I would have to say that it doesn't matter to me what the damn shirt says. Just because you're offended by the shirt there's supposed to be mean, there's supposed to be freedom of speech in this yeah. country, and the, the fact is at, at government at, schools right, there should at, be yeah at government schools there there very well should be and as far as I'm concerned, the kids should be able to wear what the, the, as far as I'm concerned, government schools shouldn't exist yes so, agreed uh, in, uh, that's that's really the issue in the marketplace, you could very well have a school that has very very strict dress code regulations, many private schools they have uniforms you know you you can't wear I'm not message against, shirts. I'm not against it I think that uh, uniform i think I am personally the, I, I understand you you are, um, you are. I'm not against that, though. I don't have a problem Just with a little, it. little fascist tendency sneaking out there. I think you. I think I like the uniforms. I, I think What's uniforms are good for kids. Um, I think that they, you know, they they take they take the Destroys emphasis off of school. individuality. They can wear whatever they want <laughs> out of school. Anyway, what happens, says Gilman, when these kids get out into the real world after but they do, leave? But do you see uh, the interesting? I'm sorry uh, about what we were just talking about. Do you see how two guys who have entirely different views on uh, the freedom of expression can totally agree on eliminating public school? I yeah. mean, you and I both agree that we should eliminate public school, but I think that kids should wear uniforms to school. Mm-hmm. I think they look good. I think that uh, you know that, that it keeps them from you know having the emphasis on uh, what it is yeah. they're wearing and all the other nonsense that goes into you know the social groups and, and that kind of thing. And you think they should be able to wear I don't know fishnet body stockings or something. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, it's a great example, Mark, because it points out that people can still believe in liberty as this overarching general concept that we all adhere to. But underneath that, we can have all sorts of divergent beliefs, because in the marketplace, we can have it all. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want when you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Uh, again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. You can travel less and meet online. You can try WebEx for free. Go to WebEx.com, enter promo code 600, and start your free trial of WebEx today. Uh, you know, it's 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 a great idea. It's it's a good way to uh, be, be able to show other people your desktop and uh, have a little meeting online. It's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com, promo code 600. 800-259-9231. So you can call in about anything. We just uh, There's a little more to the story, but not worth talking about. This story out of Ponce de Leon, Florida, where a, a, a teenager, though I guess maybe she was 18. Anyway, she was a senior. A lot of those people are 18. Uh, she's a lesbian. And she went to the principal of the school hoping to get a little bit of relief from apparently some taunting that was going on. You know how kids are, basically a bunch of little crap heads uh, to one another, <laughs> and they, can they, be. they were being mean, and she was hoping that she could get some sort of relief, and the principal instead attacked her for it, not physically, but uh, basically called her a bad person, uh, contacted her parents, outed her to her parents, so I guess it had been a secret uh, to her parents until the principal called, and not thankfully... A gu- not, guar- not a guarantee that it in fact was, but... Right, thankfully he was demoted, but not fired, even though he was just outrageously going around the school, lifting up girls' shirts, looking for uh, for GP or something like that written on them, or gay pride or something like that, like actually written on their belly or some some portion of their body that is normally covered by clothing. He was searching them and then suspending those who were wearing gay pride shirts. I mean, this guy guy was out of control and it you know brings to the surface again the fact that these government schools do not bring people together i mean the whole uh, when we talked about homeschooling recently on the program we had some guy call in to defend the government school system saying it's so great because you know it, it teaches social skills right it it puts kids together in this great it teaches social them how to environment. be mean little yeah. rats um, the fact is i never had uh, I, I don't have interactions in the real world like I had in high school. No. In high school, and, and I mean, you know, school. The, the the interactions between the kids it sucks. It's more like prison than real life. It's it's awful. So so again, you know, there's nothing beneficial about throwing a bunch of kids from divergent belief systems, as far as their families are concerned, all together into the same place. You know, America is supposed to be a melting pot. I understand that, and I love that aspect to living here. I love the fact that, you know, I can go to a Chinese restaurant one day, and then the next day go to an Indian restaurant or Thai or wherever it is I want to go. I can experience all these different wonderful cultures sort of being melded together, but, but you don't force that. You don't force that to happen. You can't force that. Yeah, and right, exactly, because if you try to force that to happen, people are going to resist. When you try to put people together that have conflicting belief systems, you're inevitably going to get problems where one group decides that they would like to, since they have to deal with this other group, they would like to go ahead and have that group believe what it believes, or at least inculcate that group as much as possible with their belief system, which is why we have this constant conflict between you know, in this case, the homosexuals and the so-called religious extremists versus, or, you know, well, then you've when, got the religious people forcing, versus the science people. And, when you're talking about forcing beliefs versus, um, you know, the uh, them just sort of coming along, you can look at 
you know, public government school is a good example of what it's like to force people believe, um, to believe things. And, and you can see there's people out there that want prayer in school. Mm-hmm. People want all different kinds of things, and there's a lot of tension over it. Then you look at something where uh, people sort of want to believe. In the case of uh, people coming to this country, immigrants, uh, you know, the, the predominant language in this country is English. If you want to get along, if you want to uh, make money, if you want to interact with people, you need to learn English to do it well. Now, certainly, it's it's not easy to do. It's it's not an easy task. Right. But people want that, and they want it even more for their kids. Um, immigrants want that, and they want it even more for their kids. They want it on their own, not because they're being threatened or forced in any way or coerced. Right. You'll be hard-pressed to find uh, an immigrant out there that says, yeah, I don't want my kids to learn English. <laughs> Exactly. So this whole government school situation is just nonsense and something needs to be done about it. But until we have enough people who are willing to, in my opinion, non-cooperate, just because that's, I, I think it's just going to be the quickest way. Otherwise, you have to go through this arduous political process of trying to somehow win the government system over to your side by popularizing your ideas to the point where you could possibly get elected and go in and utilize the system from the inside to change itself and somehow abolish it all without having the teachers union getting in your way and all of the other factors that would come into play of these bureaucrats that believe that they deserve to be taken care of for the rest of their lives because they wanted to be a teacher. You know, there are all kinds of factors that will slow that political process down, whereas if just a handful or maybe a more than a handful of concerned parents People that were already homeschooling or private schooling their kids or wanted to pull their kids out of government school to say, you know, we just don't support this anymore. We're going to cut you a check for this property taxes of whatever it is that doesn't include the school. So around here, that's like a 40 percent check. Cut them a check for all the other government services. That way they can't claim that you're against police or fire or any of that other stuff. And then see what happens. Are they really going to throw a bunch of people out of their houses I don't think so. And I think that's what the city manager was so scared of. I and mean, he wasn't letting on that he was scared of it. When we had this meeting with him the other day, there was like five of our people in there and just him sitting there being videoed. Again, this is going to go up at some point. Uh, we'll let you know maybe when that happens. But keep an eye on freekeen.com to find out when that happens. Just to get an, a look into this guy's mindset of how he views things and how, how he sees the world. But, you know, when we were in there talking to him about this... There was just, I mean, he's just living in this other universe of where he believes that stealing is not stealing. Literally, we used the term stealing, and he said, well, we wouldn't call it that. Well, um, I understand. <laughs> How I, convenient for you. Uh, b- dude, that's the real universe, and you, we live in another universe. That's the reality of it. The, the vast no, majority th- of people don't believe that the government steals. Yeah. They, they're doing what they have to do in order to keep... Uh, society running, but I don't think he wants to get to the point where it sh- will, where it'll really show that they are stealing from people. Because if you have to drag a family out of their home, oh, he understands bad press, I'm sure. Right. If you have to drag a family out of their home because you've stolen it and sold it to somebody right out from underneath them when they were, you know, current on their mortgage payments or they owned it outright, one or the other, where clearly they were in the right to occupy their house that they were paying or paid for. They don't want to go to be put into that position where they would have to choose to steal your home. They don't want to do that. Usually when uh, tax sales happen, because I asked him about, I said, well, when was the last time there was a tax sale? And he said, well, it was recently. It was a situation where, you know, some old lady had died and the house had fallen into severe disrepair 
And it was something like that, wherein the people that were actually living there weren't taking care of the house. They weren't even paying their bills or anything like that. So it was like it was a completely different situation. These were not upstanding individuals who are known in the community, who are uh, out front with what it is that they're doing. Where, for instance, as I had suggested earlier, and I suggested uh, this on the, the tape that I'm talking about with the city manager, I suggested that I would like to take that money that I'm currently paying in property taxes, and it's not about the money. I can afford to pay it. That's why I moved here, because I can afford to pay it. But I'd like to take that money and give it back to my renters. I have a duplex. That's the only way I can afford it, is because I've got renters that are paying 100% of my property taxes. And so I'd like to lessen their burden and then let them decide for themselves what to do with that extra $1,300 per year. I think that'd be a really nice thing to do for those people. Yeah, I'm sure they wouldn't really like that. They're not uh, as financially uh, as, I guess, well off as I might happen to be. And so an extra $1,300 a year, that's a raise to them. So I think if we had a handful of people who were property owners doing something similar to that... We would have such a strong moral basis to be coming from. It would be uh, unassailable except for the, you know, these crazy claims that, well, you're part of society and this is what society agreed to. You can tell that's what society, society agreed to because they voted for us. Well, I think it's a good idea. I, I'm, I'm, I'm for people doing that. I think, however, the, that it's probably a good idea also to get your, um, some of your people that agree with you and on the city council to uh, be able to enact what you want. Well, that's what I was talking against, Mark. I mean, because that's a far more difficult uh, process because then it's you're not coming that up hard. With, then you're coming against a city council, a teacher union. Few hundred people, few hundred people vote, and they're all bureaucrats. Well, what are they going to do? Send the, the Supreme way. Court this police after you? Is free talk live? This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 800-259-9231, the sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, that number is 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you like the fact that we give away the website features for free, then we do ask that you vote for the program. Go to vote.freetalklive.com. We're still in second place in the Podcast Alley Top 10 rankings for this month. We had been in first place for a good 10 days straight, but we've been knocked out by the Harry Potter guys, which we can do better. We have done better, and we can do better with your help if you vote at vote.freetalklive.com. And then once you're done, maybe forward on uh, you know a little voting request to a few of your friends on the Instant Messenger or via email. It would be much appreciated. Yeah, honestly, all we need is uh, 13 people to go and vote right now. We'd be in first place. 130 people would actually be really nice. Right. I mean, either, either one of those would be essentially the same. What we need is you to go and vote right now at vote.freetalklive.com. And thank you in advance uh, for doing that for us. Let's continue here uh, with an email if we... Uh, yeah, actually, the email's from Brandon. It says, over the last couple of days, things pop into my head while listening to your show and other podcasts. And the first has to do with drugs. I was thinking about what might happen to the pharmaceutical industry if drugs were legalized. And it occurred to me that legalizing everything could lead to lower drug prices overall seems to me that drug companies could produce or hire growers to produce things like marijuana and sell them at a fairly large margin. This could potentially help to offset the cost of researching, producing, and marketing the more medicinal drugs that currently cost an arm and a leg. Does this seem plausible? I think that it would be. Um, you know, some people would self-medicate with... Uh you know, for instance, uh, you know, cocaine over uh, lidocaine or something like that. You know, you never know what people would do. I don't know that. Uh, I, I don't know what would happen if uh, cocaine, or excuse me, if marijuana became legal. As far as 
yeah, I think some places would try to sell it, but I just don't know whether it'd sell very well. I mean, yeah, I it grows have... so easily that you right. don't... I don't. I don't think it'll have the margin he's quite expecting it would have. Because yeah, I just I, don't think it would. I don't know what the the margin is like in the world of tobacco, but I don't imagine it's anything close to the margin marijuana currently has in the black marketplace. Well, growing tobacco would be something entirely different. You get used to the taste of a brand of tobacco and and that kind of thing, and um, you know, it's it's it's. I don't I don't know that I think it's the same. Well, there may very well be brands of marijuana. There I mean, would, and you might very strains. well get used to it. Um, that that's quite possible, but it, it, it's not that way now. It'd Wait, be, what's not what way? It's it, well, people aren't used to a particular taste of a particular brand of marijuana. You know, I guess it depends on where they are. I mean, if they're in a place like California or Canada, where marijuana is much more tolerated by the legal establishment, they can actually go and consistently get the same brand of marijuana over and over again. If you know, you, they all have these different names like Blueberry yeah, or AK Forty Seven mm-hmm. or whatever. So you could theoretically continue to purchase the same strain over and over again, and then change if you want. Like you change shampoo, you know, change your marijuana or change, change like you change a beer. That sort of thing. Yeah, well, I can tell you, tobacco smokers don't like to change their brands very much. But I think some ge- do. Some some will just uh, right. buy the cheapest type of cigarette that's out there. But I think generally, though, his idea that pharmaceuticals will get cheaper if they were legalized, if all drugs were legalized, is absolutely the case. Uh, especially if you get the FDA out of the way, then there's no more 19-year, billion-dollar approval process that these drugs have to go through, which is, in my opinion, the number one factor as far as why they're so expensive, because those companies have they've got to recoup their costs. And so if their costs aren't as high as they are today, then obviously the the end cost to to consumers will go down. Of course, you can also factor in the intellectual property discussion to this because these companies pay a lot of money to assure that their ideas aren't so-called stolen, which increases, again, the cost of the product. Whereas if there were no intellectual property uh, rules, then anybody could get – these drugs onto the marketplace without having to wait the 15-year time limit. Is it 15 years for pharmaceuticals, Mark? Do you know? They wouldn't have to wait that time it's, limit. to it's some long long period of time. To bring, 19. Right, to bring out uh, generic versions of the name brand drugs. And I think that would be a very good thing for, for all of those sick people that, that need that help. And again, if the, if the research and development costs aren't as high as they are today because of the FDA, then it won't be as big of a deal, the ripoff brands that, that might be out there. I, I, I think that getting the government out of the drug world would do so much good for the cost of medications. We can't even really begin to fathom how much cheaper they could really be. You know, the, the, when, when you mess with the free market, it's going to mess with pricing. And that's what it's done in the, in the area of uh, pharmaceuticals and drugs. I like, I still like the idea of how, you know, just trying to envision what it would be like without intellectual property protections or monopoly privilege protections, as, as I would prefer to call them. Because, and, and I think the best vision I've heard of so far, and I love hearing new people's ideas on this, but I think the best vision I've read is from Stephen Kinsella, who is a libertarian uh, patent, uh, of all things, patent attorney, I believe. I believe mm-hmm. And he believes that intellectual property should be abolished. The guy knows what he's what he's talking about, and he was suggesting that one of the big objections to abolishing intellectual property is that, well, then Pfizer or Merck, they won't have the financial incentive that the patent process and the 15-year guarantee, monopoly guarantee, gives them to actually do the expensive research that's necessary to research those things. 
And I, I understand that point. Obviously, the FDA w- wiping that billion-dollar cost off the table would be very helpful to that end. But I think also he suggested that maybe ideas would be generated differently. You know, maybe the educational centers uh, would be the ones coming out with the ideas for for a new kind of pill technology. Uh, and then the manufacturers, if they thought that would be a good idea, could pick that up and and start manufacturing and marketing it. And, of course, whoever was best at manufacturing and marketing that would make the most money at it. Uh, that's one idea. Or, or maybe it wouldn't be necessarily the college system as we know of it today. Maybe there would be some sort of inventor track where there would be basically inventing colleges or pill colleges. or uh, I don't know. Just throwing out ideas. I think that things would be different. But it's not to say that that would mean that people wouldn't get better or that people wouldn't be researching these ideas. The folks that get into this don't get in because they are going to make a whole lot of money. Many of them get in because they want to help cure people. They they like the idea of helping people feel better, and it's really great that they can make money at it, too. Well, um, I don't think we should get rid of uh, all the restrictions on intellectual property, you know, just sweep them off the board. But uh, I do think that they that our, our current intellectual property laws are broken. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231, but then you're getting into an interesting area, Mark, because I think that as somebody who you have come out on the air and said you have no more use for the federal government, that you don't think that the federal government can be reformed, you would support secession efforts uh, if Vermont or New Hampshire or whoever wanted to secede from the federal government, you would be in favor of it. So, therefore, then you are entering in a world where each so-called geographical political distinction, the states, would then have their own realm over the intellectual property of each state. Then you can think things are a little confusing. There are a lot of... uh, Little countries out there, just because uh, we're used to living in one of the, the the big one in the world, doesn't mean that uh, little countries don't have intellectual property uh, protections. So you're actually talking uh, about the, increasing the costs big... to companies then, because then each company would, if Pfizer or whoever is developing a new product, then they would have to get the approval of each intellectual property board in all 50 states instead of just the one uh, federal government state. So by holding on to your love for intellectual property, you are actually advocating for increased costs. No, I'm not. Uh, there are international bodies that uh, you know you know the, the big companies have uh, set up international bodies for intellectual property and those are recognized by the little countries they don't need uh, a board in every single country they just they would just sort of sign on so then if uh, i wanted to go ahead and rip off your your new product that you've come out with then who comes after me and, and hurts me I don't know. I don't know how it all works internationally. You'd have maybe the New Hampshire cops. I think it's the World in. Court that enerfor- um, enforces those right. things. So, so because I want to help somebody out produce the product perhaps more efficiently than you can or market it better than you can, you're going to have me thrown in a cage because of that, right? Yeah, if you're going to use all my branding and all that other stuff, you're not, just, you're your not doing anyone uh, That would any be fraud. Favors. If I was using your brand, that would be fraud. If Look, I want to be Oakey and oh, you're Oakley, then that's my business and not yours. When you get into the specifics of things, uh, then, then, you're, then you're looking at you know the area of uh, court cases and people need to uh, figure that out amongst themselves. I'm not prepared to do that. Yeah, that's because you don't want to come right out and say you want me to thrown in a jail cell. Right? I don't think. No, I don't think there's any reason to throw the owners of Jokely's in um, yeah. in in jail. Just when, steal all their product and shut them down. Would that be appropriate? What are you talking about? No, I don't think there's. I don't think there's a problem with Jokely's. I, oh, okay. I really don't. I mean, what about a pill that's you know not quite? Uh, that's I don't know. I, I, I'm Viagra, not a scientist but, that does these things, yeah. Ian. I know that it takes a great deal of research to uh, you know create drugs. It doesn't take a lot of them are the created accidentally to create uh, sunglasses. A lot of products have been created on accident when people were looking to research something completely different. Mm-hmm. They came up with something. So that's not always true. I understand, but uh, yeah. you do understand that they put like they throw a thousand darts at the board and they hit with one. 
Yeah, I do understand all that, Mark, but I just don't think that it justifies aggressing against my neighbor. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Frank is on the line in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi. I wanted to comment on uh, the earlier uh, discussion about sexuality and religion. I think it's so important to realize that all religions are nothing more than a social construct created for man for the benefit of men and primarily the elite. Religion from the earliest known religions in ancient mystery Babylon. Frank, I want to give you a chance to go on here, so hang on. We're going to bring you back after the news. More coming up. You take control. Hour 2 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right back to our calls. That's what the show's about. So we'll talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you've just barely gotten the chance to get a a point across, uh, so I wanted to make sure you had time to expound upon it. let me do that now. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting that uh, if you look at religion as an anthropologist or sociologist would, you realize that a religion is a social construct created by man for the benefit of men and women, usually the elite. Uh, As Max Weber pointed out in the uh, This is what government is too, by the way. Oh, of course, but religion fits in with government. We know that historically religions existed before governments and that religions were part of uh, civilization and create the culture. But what's interesting, from the earliest known religions in uh, ancient mystery Babylon, Mesopotamia, Samaria, prior to Judaism and prior to Christianity and Islam, uh, these regimes were really regimes of social control, and they reached their zenith in ancient Egypt. What I want to say is this. Sexuality is natural. Even in the animal kingdom, we know that 15% of the animals exhibit uh, homosexual behavior. Mm -hmm. And I have to say this, that people have a right to their sexuality. And, you know, I would say this, you know, there has to be a standard for age of consent. And if that's some states, that could be as low as 14. Other states, it's as high as 18. But the point I think it should be uh, the standard is when people believe they can consent individually. No, I think the point is set under law, set under statute. That's why it's that's why it is the age of sexual consent. In, in some civilizations and culture, people as young as thirteen or fourteen are engaged in sex or marriage and things, and that's you know that's a cultural thing. But my point of view is this: I'm not condoning that. I'm saying that we need a a set standard for the age of sexual consent. And, and what do you propose, after Frank? that setup, we what? have to realize that everyone has the freedom to interpret religion, scripture, whatever, and make that choice. But, it Frank, what do you propose forced- for those people that, uh, for instance, I mean, you, you're, you're going to come up with some arbitrary number that people should be able to have sex at. Let's say it's 14, like it was in Canada. No, I'm not going to uh, say that at all. I'm going to say that the age should be probably 
you know, 18. Because You're going to say 18. All right, so what happens then? Uh, what would you have happen to the 18-year-old male that is uh, tricked by a 16-year-old female into believing that she is, in fact, 18, has sex with her? What do you believe uh, should happen to that young man? Well, she, if, she, if she deliberately, you know, has a false ID and says that, he's, he shouldn't be held accountable for that. And what if she... What because if she, it's, because what, the point is... You know, she chooses to do that. Just is okay. When, well, that's not the way things work today. So no, I'm glad isn't. that you support that point. change. That's, that's a reasonable you change. The, you have to have the freedom a to interpret religion, and b the freedom of choice to accept it or reject it without having having you know prohibition set within your culture or you know being thrown out or ostracized or deemed a deviant or a criminal. So, and the point is, when there's emancipation for sexuality and the freedom of religion. And that includes areas in the Muslim world, whereby everyone has to be Muslim or die, or this or that, or accept, or accept very stringent rules that are nothing more than, than you know, rules created by man. Uh, that have no, there's, there has never been in any religion a connection with the divine. All religion, all scriptures, all religious texts are written by man or woman. What do you there think would no happen, Frank? Direct, we have no evidence. The beauty of religion is a social construct and is a regime of repression and control. Speaking of repression and control, religion, Frank, Frank yeah. what, speaking of repression and control, what would happen uh, in Frank's world to the 18-year-old male that actually knows his girlfriend is 16 years old and, and has sex with her anyways and somebody you know, catches him at it? What do you think should happen? Uh, then that person should suffer the, uh, you know, the requirements of the statute and if that means so, being prosecuted jail? for statutory rape so be it yeah, but so, the point well, is people so just have you're throwing to people's lives away a, no problem some arbitrary number screw them who cares no, no, not you know, even if he, even if he loves his girlfriend they both have a lot in common number. Yeah, so if they, his it's girlfriend, the they've got a great relationship. adulthood in our culture. Yeah. You're willing to put people in jail cells because they had a little bit of fun with one another? I think it's sick, Frank. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is this. We have to have a... We have to have... We don't have to do anything, you say. freedom, and we have to have a complete religious freedom, or the, the ability or the freedom to reject religion. And then I think we'll be a healthy culture and a healthy society. But you're not advocating for sexual freedom, Frank. You're advocating for Frank's rules. No. I am. You just I said you wanted the minimum age or the maximum freedom for consenting adults. Oh, right. See, you're the one who's determining what consenting adult means, and I say no, that I'm when not. a young Our person... No, is determined that by the law of... I, no, that's not true. That's what a bunch of men calling themselves government determine. They're the ones that write the law, not the culture, as though there's any sort of overarching culture Listen, here in America. if we had complete sexual freedom and complete religion, religious freedom to accept or reject religion, we would have a new culture, a new form of government, and it would be a true renaissance... And a new evolution for man. That all sounds woman. nice until you come in really with your rules, has Frank. To be done. I yeah. think we're seeing the perversions of a repressive regime of religion that's tied into What's... a theocratic, governmental, uh, social construct that has evolved into the types of government and the abusive repressions that all governments seem to... You're the one advocating... Yeah, wait a minute, Frank. You say, on one hand, what you say sounds good. Sexual freedom, religious freedom, sounds good to me, until Correct. you all of a sudden bring in the repression aspect of putting people in jail cells for experimenting. I mean, that's well, what you know, you're talking about. The age, the age of sexual consent 
should be determined by the culture. It should be a very democratic thing. So <laughs> no, want to make that's it the problem, 18, Frank, fine. is forcing things on other it, people. Frank, you know, thank, you, thank you for the call. Fine. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. That is the problem. The idea that somehow the majority of people can arbitrarily determine, based on the, you know, just abject force to determine what two people should be able to do with one another. I think that individuals, when they are ready to be emancipated from their parents, whether it's at age 13, 15, 10, whatever age they believe it's appropriate, they should be able to emancipate themselves. If they want to go live on their own, outside of their parents' roof, without regard for the rules that their parents have, they should be able to make that free choice. Some of them will choose wrong. They'll come back and they'll, you know... Try to make good with their parents and get back in so they can get taken care of again. And that's, that should all be done on an individual basis. Society is not a factor here. Sex is a very individual thing, not society or a societal thing. I, I think it's sick what he's advocating. I, well, I, I have to agree with Frank that I think that there has to be some kind of standard. Now, I think I, you're sick, too. I would disagree that, uh, that, that uh, you know, if a You pick boy, a different number than right. Frank, right? Well, no, I don't know that I would. I, I would pick probably, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 14, 16, 15, somewhere. somewhere in there okay um but you know the the idea that you would just have a number that drops off you know immediately drops off. i think it should be 33 uh, oh wait you're how old are you 37 40 the problem with uh the scenario that you gave frank was an 18 year old having sex with his 15 16 year old uh, girlfriend was essentially happened to me i had a girlfriend who was a year and a half or two years or two and a half years or something like that younger than i we must have been a year and a half Mm -hmm. and uh I turned 18, she was still 16, and I don't know what the laws were in the state that I, uh, at the time, but you know that would have been the scenario. I had sex with a 16-year-old girl who, of course, I was. we were both underage when we started, but at one point I turned the age of majority. So... You know that there needs to be some kind of sliding scale for the age of the person. But when you're talking about the clear-cut case of a 35-year-old, 30, I'm 37, a 37-year-old, say, school teacher, um, getting the consent of his nine-year-old uh, uh, students to have sex with them, well, then you've got a real problem. Don't then you, you think deal that with person... it in the marketplace by ostracizing that individual. The, the principal of the school is going to fire a teacher like that. Oh, boy, they're fired. They're going to lose their job, and they're going to be ostracized by society if, indeed, society has an objection to that sort of behavior. Society does have an objection to that sort of Great. behavior. They handle it right now. By putting the guy in a jail cell yes, over it? by putting the guy in a jail cell over it. And, and okay, I'm sorry, so, I don't feel bad at all for some guy who's 37 years old who manages to get, uh, you know, a, a, a nine-year-old. It's the clear-cut cases that everybody agrees with, Ian, that make you look like a, a fringe no, lunatic. I'm you know, sorry. Who's the victim there? Who's the victim? Yeah. Um, those kids? So you're Their saying that, people can't, that young people cannot consent to things? I, I, no, I don't, I, think, I don't think when I was 10 years old, I don't think a nine-year-old... Was I victimized when I was 10 years old? Um, I think or is this ten your age? I, Are you going to say ten's no, the age now? No, I think you had uh, you were you were talking another young person. Oh, I, I think that it was uh-huh. a, a sick and weird Somebody scenario. Yeah, you were victimized. older than me. Sure, you were okay. victimized. Okay, yeah. So you want to have him pay me restitution? More coming up. Nah. This is Free Talk Live, sicko. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, that number is 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy them on us. And those features include the bulletin board system with over 375,000 posts for you to surf around through, everything from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all 
And it's all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. I've been taking a uh, diet uh, pill to help me lose weight recently, and I've lost, uh, well, in a, uh, I've, I've four pounds, and I weighed myself, uh, I guess it's been a few days now, and it's working for me. Uh, you can try it. It's DEXC20. You can also uh, check it out at uh, diet.freetalklive.com. It's available at uh, GNC and Walgreens and CVS. It's both an fa- appetite suppressant and a fat blocker. And I can tell you from, you know, the uh, the aspect of diet uh, or, you know, appetite suppression is that it works. For, it, it does make you eat uh, less. Dexc 20 doesn't have any of that weird jittery stuff that goes with most of the pills either. All right. So we continue with Richard in California. Your calls. Richard, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, how are you today? Hey. What's on your mind? Well, um, I've got a problem. You know, there's several important things coming up uh, by before the end of the year. One of them is the 911 anniversary and. I was just reading the findings that the government came up with uh, as to why Building 7 fell, and I'm not sure I buy that. Uh, but what I called in to really talk about was uh, the voting in the United States of America. And I wanted to tell you just a real quick little summary of, of voting in San Diego here. Voting is so corrupt here in town that uh, I don't really think it's, it's on the level. I'll give you an idea. We had a mayor's race a couple years ago, and it said you have to darken the oval box. And some people that voted for Donna Fry, she was running for mayor, just made an X across the, the box. And the Registrar of Voters, these are volunteer women, they were, you know, set, saying, well, we can't count that, putting them over here in this pile. But Judge Murphy was running, and uh, the people that wrote put an X across his box and didn't darken it in. The Registrar of our Voters was actually caught uh, filling in the darkened oval for him. Mm. And Donna ends up uh, getting more votes, but, you know, she loses the election, just like the, the Democrats lost the presidency some time back. And it's just a nightmare down here. Uh, it's just – it's so corrupt. It's, well, I this is even, one of the reasons – I can't get into it with you. But yeah, I can understand I, where I, – Go ahead. I can understand where you're coming from, and it's one of the reasons why I think the political system is, is such a futile effort. Because even if you can successfully organize uh, some sort of political effort or candidate or party or whatever – then you're still having to play by their rules that they set up to protect their system. And if they want to change those rules on you at any arbitrary time, they can do that. And then you have to jump through a whole bunch of other hoops. We've seen this where libertarian parties will qualify for access, and then the state will change the rules in order to disqualify them uh, from ballot access. And then you've got examples like you're talking about where the voting system is found to be rife with fraud opportunities. Of course, I believe it was Stalin, uh, to paraphrase him, that said it wasn't or it's it's not uh, not who votes. But who counts who the counts votes? Who counts the votes that counts? And, so, you know, we've seen fraud up here in New Hampshire. There have been fraud all over the place. Of course, the electronic systems are, are very questionable. And so, you know, even if you could successfully mount a political campaign, if it was threatening the status quo enough, it's certainly possible that somebody who's in charge could very well pull whatever levers need to be pulled to ensure that your candidate and your ideas don't get anywhere. And then, yeah, and then it looks a- like – go ahead, sir. No, this is the problem. I, I just can't seem to – I've talked to the registrar of voters. It's, it just seems like nobody uh, – I said, well, how can you know? Can you guys give me some assurance or guarantee to – or show me how this works? And I work for the credit card machines, and I sell what's known as a diebold ATM machine to banks. Mm-hmm. And this is the same machine that the, I guess the Republicans have pushed. The same company builds the voting machine diebold, which they said has, can be hacked and, like, you know, not a big deal that – to hack in electronically change things. But I want to tell you something I found the other day on the Internet, and this was done through Googling. A friend of mine 
as a as a gamer, you know. I don't know anything about games, and I just got a computer, and I'm not too too go, you know up on what's going on. Okay. But he's a gamer, and he told me that there was a guy by the. Have you ever heard of the name of Tony Kavarik? No. I've not. No. Well, anyway, he told me the name, and I said, "Well, how do you spell that?" So he gave me the spelling, and the first name was Tony T O N Y. The second name was Kavarik K R V A R I C. And he said, look up a company called Fairlight because this guy is, is pretty fantastic at gaming. Well, I put Tony Kavarik Fairlight into Google, and I clicked on it, and I got to this place that's called The Raw Story. Mm-hmm. And it was just a few months old, and I clicked on that story. I'm doing it right now. I'm bringing it up. I want to read you the first paragraph of this. This is really scary. And, again, I'm calling from San Diego. Okay, here's the story. I'm going to read it to you, just the first paragraph. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. San Diego GOP chairman co-founded International Piracy Ring. Any job applicant knows that background checks are routine, especially for jobs involving authority or oversight of money. So why didn't the San Diego Republican Party do a simple Google search before naming Tony Kavarik as its chairman? Online research reveals that Kavarik is the co-founder of Fairlight, a band of software crackers which later evolved into an international video and software piracy group that law enforcement authorities say is among the world's largest such crime rings. After oh, that's not Fair- real crime. Come on, that's not real crime. It's just some kids playing with computers. Well, this guy, the story goes on, and it talks that this guy has made billions of dollars cracking all of the video games on the market. How could he have made billions of dollars at that? I don't understand. Well, he takes the game when it first comes out, he cracks the code, and they sell them on the black market. That that seems very unlikely. Have you ever seen a black market game for sale? Yeah, where have you seen this? Well, I don't play games, so I I, I I wouldn't. I do. I do, and I have never seen one either. Let me explain this. Um, Basically, I don't know where – maybe they do it in China or something like that. I don't know. But generally, the the black market in gaming is totally 100% free. What these people do is they go – it's a challenge to them to crack into these games, to reverse engineer them effectively, and to put out a cracked version uh, of this uh, particular product on the Internet. Now, it is illegal or whatever, but what it does is it gets the uh, gives gamers the ability to play the games in advance to see if they actually like the games and then they can go out and purchase them on their own so if anything i think that this guy may have actually contributed to a few games being sold uh, and he certainly hasn't lined been lining his pockets now i mean i'm against what he's doing because he's a political activist i don't uh necessarily well, yeah. support that i, I I'm, I'm pretty much anti-politics so i don't agree with him there but as far as cracking a game and putting it out on the internet nobody's charging for uh, for those and if anybody pays for cracked software they're they're a damn fool. A Thank yeah. you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And then we come back around into the intellectual property discussion. You know, the idea that should this man be punished for having a ring of people on the Internet that makes it their hobby to crack software and release it free to the world. That's what these folks do. Should they be punished for that? Who's the victim? Well, you know, when it when when you look at it, the big games out there, a lot of games um, that they sell for PS3 and and Wii and that kind of mm-hmm. thing require a lot of uh, you know they, they do a lot of gamer you know, they have a lot of programmers involved. There's, there's quite a team. You know, it's a lot harder to crack PS3 and Wii. It's, you have to actually go into the system. Usually, you have to pull the top off, go into the guts. You have to get a, a, a sure. mod chip. You have to install. I'm that. just talking about um, intellectual property. But PC cracks are easy. You just download the program. It's a cracked version, mm-hmm. or you. Apply 
apply certain software to it and you, you open it up. But um, when you're talking about, you know, cracking those things, um, obviously the, the, the consoles, they have uh, some – there's some stop gaps uh, placed in there just by the nature of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I found a lot of good free games on the Internet, so it makes you wonder, would people just make games for free? You mean like the Risk game that you play? I do play. Uh, that free? one wasn't free. I actually paid twenty dollars oh, really? for it, and I've got uh, you know I, I I feel like I've definitely got my money out of it. All right, more but, on the way here. You can bring up. We can continue this discussion. Also, tell you what's going on with the income tax repeal effort in Massachusetts. The latest there. All coming up on Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp. .freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Updates, you get signed up. And we'll let you know whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And if you've got trouble... With your accounts receivables, you should get in touch with our friends at SACL CAI. They've got a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful, and they record every call and have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Again, that's SACL, C-A-I. Uh, briefly here, uh, before we get back to the calls, we had just now kind of gotten back onto the intellectual property discussion, this time talking about video games. The last caller had suggested that there was this guy making billions, allegedly, or leading a billion-dollar software piracy ring, which maybe I'm not totally aware, and it's certainly possible I'm not. I can't know everything that goes on, on out there on the Internet, but... From my experience in the realm of video gaming and understanding at least part of the pirate world or the cracking world, uh, it is my understanding that these guys do it for fun. It's their hobby to reverse engineer these video games, and then they release them online, and in many cases, they actually uh, release a file along with the game, sort of identifying who they are and what their purpose is. And in many cases, they say, if you enjoy this game, please purchase it. So even the crackers are actually advocating that those people who are downloading their products that they're distributing go and purchase the original product if it's something that they like. I think that these kind of things that are going on that are so-called illegal, it happens with video games and movies and, and music, and, of course, the industry associations will tell you, we're losing billions and it's going to destroy our business. But yet the movies keep coming out and the games keep coming out and it doesn't seem to really be doing anything. Because I think that good games will be paid for. People are willing to pay for good movies, good music, and good entertainment. Good video games, they're willing to pay for them. I know that people have, I know people who have tried these games and then go on ahead and purchase them. Now, does that mean there aren't, there aren't people out there that just try the games, keep them, and never pay a dime? Of course those people are out there. But those people may not have gone and purchased the game in the first place anyway because it may not have interested them enough or they're too, uh, you know, just didn't have enough money or whatever the reasons were. There's no guarantee that that individual that's keeping the software and not paying for it would have bought it anyway. And um, when you start looking at periphery aspects of it in the sense that uh, somebody can try a game um, for free and then never pay for it, but they tell somebody, that's an awesome game. Yeah. 
That's um, worth a whole lot of money. That's advertising you can't buy. And you know that that in and of itself is valuable. I don't know how these things would turn out, um, and I wouldn't propose that it's okay that uh, that I, I, if, if someone's sharing online and that's essentially what happens mm-hmm. uh, with with these things. I don't think anybody should be uh, you know put in jail for that or or gone after or anything like that. Right. It, you really the internet is kind of like a big version of loaning a tape to somebody. Yeah. You know, back in the eighties, you'd uh, get a an LP, you dub it to tape. And then you could loan it to your buddy, right? Or, or you could make a tape for your buddy too, which was a violation of intellectual right. property laws at that time. Right, but but and, what's and the difference? I mean, really, is there a significant difference? For for instance, right now, Mark, I've got a book full of uh, CDs, kind of old technology, I know, but I still have you know one of those little leaf, uh, those books where you can just slide them into the little slots, and that way you can don't have to store all the old jewel cases. But they're just sitting there; they're not doing anything for me. They're just taking up a bunch of space. So I could loan you one of my CDs. You could use and enjoy that CD, and that's, that would that's be really legal. Unlikely. That would be legal. Okay, but let's say I had something you wanted to listen to. Really unlikely. But that would be legal by my understanding of the law because right. I don't have it anymore, right? You, it's you now own, in your you possession. You own that CD, and therefore you can loan it. But um, if you were to copy that CD on, say, another um, CD with the you know technology that we currently have with CD writers, then it's criminal. Then it's criminal. Which and that is, is silly. stupid. It's so silly because either way, you're still getting the same benefit. You are still getting to listen to that music. For free. You did not pay for that copy of that disc at right. all. So either way, you're still getting to experience the, uh, the all that hard work of the artist and their record company and the designers. Well, if the record everyone, company had its way and managed to even to work even uh, further into the, that, they would have yeah. said, no, you cannot. You, can't you lend. can never sell your uh, DVD. Lend. You, you can never lend it. it. <laughs> Once you buy it, it is yours and yours right. only. Oh, yeah. And if you have any friends over to watch your uh, the movie that you just got, you have to let us know so we can collect some money from you for right. it, right? I mean, crazy. That would be you're right. If they could get away with something like that, they absolutely would. And so the the internet is just sort they of an would, expansion however, of that. They would, however, destroy their businesses, business business Sure, models. and that's what they're that's what some of them are doing. They're sort of eating themselves alive currently. Uh, but so the internet is just a wide scale expansion of the ability to be able to loan ideas to other people. The the wonderful part about the digital realm is that you don't have the generation effect. When you played that LP back uh, and you recorded it to tape. You've got analog going to analog. The the yeah. signal d- degenerates over each progressive uh, pass. As though on an LP it was ever any good anyway. With all that, some people say it's pop. Some people God. say LPs awful. Are better. Those people they are like crazy. The sound better. Vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad vinyl's gone. Yeah, but but the uh, but there was this generation effect that caused uh, a problem. So you can only dub those tapes so many times. Now you can do it over and over again. They can be copied into infinity. And so things have significantly changed. And these companies, they just they just haven't quite yet figured out how to deal with it, though there are some innovators out there. There are some people pushing the envelope sort of on the leading edge of distribution and, and profiting from Internet distribution channels. It's all going to change much to these companies' chagrin. And one thing's for sure, people are not going to stop pirating movies, music, and games just because somebody gets thrown in a jail cell here and there for it. It's just not going to happen. Just like people haven't stopped smoking marijuana because 1.5 million drug users and over 800,000 of them marijuana smokers were put in jail last year hasn't stopped people from smoking pot. You're not going to stop so-called piracy. So either get with the program and figure out how to monetize this phenomenon of people willing to pass your ideas around and share them with other people. You figure out how to monetize that or you die. That's your choice. Let's go to your calls and talk to Steve in Toronto. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ian. Uh, I have a question, I guess, specifically uh, towards 
you because okay. um, more than Mark, you seem to um, uh, advocate uh, no no laws at all on uh, on on intellectual property. Yes. Um, and so my first my first part of this question is: Do you? I, I know that you advocate no laws at all, but if that were the case, would you personally feel morally justified downloading all of your music and movies without paying for it? Would I feel morally justified? No, I feel as though people that work hard, that produce a product that I enjoy, should be rewarded for that product. And that's one of the reasons why, while I download Penn & Teller's BS, I'll admit to it fully right here on the air. I've done it before. I download Penn & Teller's BS, the television show, because I don't want to buy cable, and I certainly don't want to buy, you know, I don't have time for those channels. I don't have any interest in buying that product. But I do have an interest in buying Penn & Teller's BS. And so when it comes out on DVD months and months later, I go ahead and purchase it. And then it just sits on my shelf, and I don't really do anything with it. Luckily, Julia lends it out to a bunch of people, which I think is great, because I you, think Penn, Penn & Teller's BS is excellent. And you don't know Ian uh, personally uh, to know that w- w- when he says things that they're generally true. Ian's a very honest individual, but I'll tell you, that's exactly the truth. He has all, sure. all the seasons. No, I, I don't doubt it at I'm all. I'm just letting you know. Thank you. Um, so I, I think the um, one of the concerns there is that uh, Ian, what, what you do it represents a minority of the people that download uh, movies and music. That's it's a not concern. a concern. It, yeah, it is a concern. I don't know that I it's true, that. but it's a concern. Would I like it, uh, for instance, if all of our podcast downloaders became amplifiers tomorrow? Hell yeah, I would like that. But am I going to get all indignant about it when they don't? Because no, I'm not going to do that because I understand that people have different situations. Some of them may not like the sh- They may like the show enough to listen to it, but not quite enough to support it. That's their business. It's their decision. I don't think it's immoral particularly of them to do that. They have various different reasons for what they like and why they support what they like, and it's none of my damn business. So I put my product out there, and people reward me based on commensurate to what they think the value is. Fair enough. The second part of my question is, um, I guess, deals with with liberty in general and how it relates to intellectual property as well. Let's get to that in a moment. Hang on. We'll bring you back for more, Steve. More coming up with Steve in Toronto and your calls as well at 800-259-9231. Also, what's going on with the effort in Massachusetts to repeal the income tax? We'll let you know the latest there. Massachusetts income tax. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features are free on that site. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is probably has more stuff than theirs does, and it's free. So if you like that and you want to help support the show, then become an amplifier. You can join for 3 bucks a month. And it's sort of back to what we were talking about before. We put the show out there. It's free. You take. You like. You enjoy. Maybe pony up three bucks a month. And that's like half the price those other guys are charging for their websites for. You get perks like access to the Ampholy call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. So there's some things there to sweeten the, the deal. But the main reason is to help Free Talk Live out because the money comes in and goes right back out into being reinvested into the program to get on more radio stations, right. to bring more internet the amplifier, listeners. The amplifier money is our advertising budget, period. Yeah. Yep. So if you want to help us out, it's really resulting in more radio stations coming on board, which means more new people discovering the message that you enjoy so much. So that's a good thing. 
Head over to amp.freetalklive.com, learn about how some of the money's being spent, and get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue with Steve in Toronto uh, with questions in regards to intellectual property and freedom in general. Go ahead, Steve. Yes, sir. Well, the second part of my question um, deals with a, a little bit of history, and I, I'm, frankly, I might have my history wrong, and if I do, please, I encourage you to, to interrupt and correct me. But um, the way I understand things, um, people today are, not, not everyone, obviously, but, but many people are scared of liberty. They're scared of what, what society would be like without police, without law, without government roads, and that kind of thing. And... Um, the, the the thing you can always tell these people is well it's, it's never been tried uh, and logically it should work uh, and in cases where there's less government restriction it, it does work historically and statistically. Sure. Um, the 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 concern I have is when we get into the realm of intellectual property where we can say well it's 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 never been tried before to have no restrictions on intellectual property but as I understand it there was a time when there were no uh, restrictions on intellectual property, and that was the entire history of the world up until a couple of hundred years ago. I think you're right. Pretty much true. Yeah. And in that time, I, I, I think there's a correlation between when intellectual property law and copyright law came into play and when innovation started to skyrocket and boom. Uh, and, yeah, and my I think fear so. is that if you erase... Uh, I think or, it's... Sorry, go ahead. The, well, the skeptics would call that uh, correlation, not causation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I don't. I, I, I'm not going to make any arguments. That's that's Ian's problem presuming, with his crazy stuff. But right, presuming what you're saying is, uh, you know, is the case. Uh, I think it just, you know, basically what happened was there were individuals who had sway over the government people that wanted to protect their uh, profits, essentially, yeah. from competition, and were able to uh, to get that to happen. I think what you should do is take a look at different industries and compare the levels of intellectual property, cons- uh, or I guess capability, uh, for lack of a better term, and in that, for instance, you know, in areas like movies, there's heavy intellectual property involvement, but in areas like clothing, which... I mean, a lot of people borrow a lot of ideas in the realm of clothing. There's virtually no intellectual property protections beyond brand name for clothing. Right. So, for instance, sure. you can make uh, Oakleys that you can make sunglasses that look exactly like Oakleys, but it's only when you put that O, which people do, put that O on the side uh, that you have violated the law. Yes, I, I, I understand that fully. Um, I, I guess I, even if I look at present day. And you look at other countries, I, maybe this is a bad example because there's other restrictions in these other countries that might lead to a lack of innovation. But uh, a lot of countries that don't have any protection on uh, intellectual property are the same countries from which there comes very little new innovation in technology and, and medicine and, and things of that nature. I don't know enough about macroeconomics to really be able to to, uh, to counter that or say anything to it because I think there are a lot of developments going on around the world that we all can't possibly be aware of to say that sure. you know one country is necessarily better at, at others. I don't know. China, I mean, we did talk about China recently, which is certainly a place where there are very, very little uh, intellectual property protections. And right. we have talked about in the past that in China, the quality of the products coming from China has drastically increased over the last few decades to the point where they are now really churning out some good quality stuff over there. And there's still very, very little uh, intellectual property protection. Um, okay. 
Okay, if that's if that's the case, then. Uh, then I mean, either then, way, yeah. either way, none of your points really justifies aggressing against one's neighbor. I mean, that's really the the, the long and short of this issue. I mean, when you. No, you're right. You're right. I, uh, you know, it, it, these these are just reservations and concerns I have. They're, you know, I'm not saying I'm not out there saying yes. We definitely 100 percent right. need uh, intellectual property and copyright law. I, I I would used to be like that, I guess, but. Uh, you know, the more I think about liberty and, and not hurting one's neighbor, the, the less I am in favor of these of these uh, protections. At the same time, I do have concerns that if we eradicated them all, we may uh, revisit a time when there's just no uh, or not no innovation and, and and new developments in medicine, but perhaps. A lot less. I think it's frankly absurd because if you again, yeah. if you look at, uh, at at individual cases, there was a story that we talked about with the uh, the, the new grilling technology, which isn't really so new. It was like grilling solar grill. What was it? Infrared, I think, basically grilling technology instead of coals or instead of a gas. They have this infrared sort of grill. I I don't know all the details because I don't remember the grilling. story at all. Okay, we did talk about. Maybe you weren't here that week. I don't know, but we did talk about this story where there's this company that's been sitting on a patent for this wonderful technology for for years and maybe they've been making a boatload of money off of it selling their $2,500 or $5,000 grills that implement this because they're the only one allowed in the marketplace uh, to do these things where these other companies could very easily have gotten into that game and brought prices down for consumers. So essentially all this really does is it protects the um, one company at the cost of everybody else who could benefit from these new technologies. And to say that there aren't people out there that would be willing to be more competitive is, I think, ignorant of how the marketplace really works. Well, not necessarily. I mean, to to use that exact example, if that first company that developed this and created this patent uh, didn't have these protections, is there not some risk that they may have never said in the first place, let's develop this technology because... There's no money to be made in it if anybody can take our idea. Right. So he's, his concern right. is exactly the same as mine, which is R&D. And it and comes Ian, back around to my other answer well, before about how you just aren't – you're not having enough vision for what the marketplace can do and how it would respond to having a different set of incentives where you could simply have idea manufacturers who come out with ideas based on – you know, and they attract new people to them based on their ideas and how their reputation in the marketplace, and these companies would have essentially create the ideas, and other companies could take them at will and sure. manufacture them. I mean, so sure, sure. and 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 I am, I, you know, I'm fairly confident that this kind of thing would happen, or perhaps something that. The three of us can't even think of. Uh, you can't predict. What Here's the another plays. example for you. Look at open source software. It's a, this is a great example, and, and I don't bring it up often enough because I just am not too familiar with it. But I had somebody email me about it as a perfect example of how the marketplace is. Even though there are competitive uh, businesses out there, Microsoft and, and Apple that are corporate sort of entities creating software and selling them in the marketplace, they're s- sold alongside this free stuff called Linux, which has gotten uh, demonstrably better over the last. Uh, decade or so, and it's something that people actually contribute on their own volition to simply because they want to. There's sure. there's very few people that are um, modifying the open source code out there that are actually making a living off of this, but yet they do it anyway. Or look at Wikipedia, this yeah. vast resource that has been contributed by people just because they wanted to, just because yeah, they yeah. knew that the world would be a better place as a result of their knowledge being added to the whole. So sure, there's so sure, many there's, examples out there of people taking initiative. 
there, there are definitely some people like that. A lot of people like that, I would even admit. Uh, but I think a lot of people are also driven by profit. And if you take that incentive away, there's a risk. I, and and I, I would add that if this was the case... There's that, always risk. Are you a businessman? Yes. Okay, well, then you understand that what, that's what it's all about. The greater I do, the and, risk. And frankly, I'm willing to take that risk, but I'm just trying good. to fully assess it a little better. Right. It's it's easy for people that, for people that don't know business. The risk must seem scarier to them because you know if they're if you're not used to taking risks, then risks can seem oh. But uh, if you've taken risks before, then it's no big deal to keep taking risks, and right. that's what well, business is about. You take a risk in hopes that you get a return on your investment and that you right. can profit well, in the end. But it doesn't always it, work out. Right. Well, and what enhances this particular risk is the fact that for all of these ideas and, uh, and premonitions we might have of how things might work in the marketplace, uh, the world had an eternity to do them. And prior to 200 years ago, they never really did it. Well, there, there wasn't the, again, prior to 200 years ago, there just wasn't the technology, there wasn't the advancement, and to suggest that it's because there's a gang of people calling themselves government out there standing around with all their lawyers, somehow that is what has spurred human progress? The government is a parasite, and it makes it more difficult to do things, and it I makes share it his more concerns. difficult to get into uh, the realm of business, and it makes it more difficult to compete. So we are in a restricted marketplace, and we've been in a restricted marketplace for the last few hundred years and I know people are on you ever have one of those days where everything goes right first I get the best parking space at work tonight I have a date with a very lovely Rachel and today I gave a killer presentation in Sydney finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston online from my desk with Webex Webex lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop so I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into Hour 3 of the program. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. Enjoy them on us, freetalklive.com. We've been talking at uh, certain points throughout the evening tonight about the idea of intellectual property. And, of course, I, I like the idea of ideas, but I think they should be free to be shared as people see necessary. I don't think that we need a government out there providing monopoly protection to people that come up with ideas. Mark, you are uncertain about the ideas of getting rid of intellectual property and a little concerned, as our last caller was, about the what the consequences might be, how things would be different. Would it be the case, as our last caller suggested, that innovation would slow to a crawl without the government intellectual property protections out there? And perhaps our next caller has something to say he is Stephen Kinsella, uh, the man what? that wrote. Really? <laughs> yeah, the man that actually wrote, I think it was like a 50-plus page long sort of very, very detailed look into the world of intellectual property and how it's uh, completely unnecessary. At least that was the impression I got from it. Honestly, I didn't read the entire 52 pages, Stephen. You're on Free Talk Live. Ian, how you doing? Hey, well, welcome to the program. Mark's here. here, too. 
It, hey, Mark, how you doing? Hey, Stephen. It's uh, Stephen. Okay. Oh, Stephen, my apologies. It's Stephen now, uh, soldier. <laughs> that's okay. I answered anything. So, um, yeah, uh, I was listening, and uh, I caught the tail end of what you guys were talking about. Manuel uh, informed me you were talking about this, and uh, just thought I'd call in and chat with you guys a bit about it. Um, you know, I am a patent attorney, and uh, so I'm deeply interested in this field. I'm a libertarian, and uh, uh, when I started practicing in 92 law, at that time I was looking, I started practicing IP law, and uh, I had always kind of accepted the uh, the Randian view of rights and uh, of intellectual property, but her argument really never made sense. What was that argument? I mean, for those I like don't know me it. that don't have any idea what it is. Well, you know, I'm, there's there's basically two types of arguments for IP, and one is sort of more pragmatic or utilitarian, the kind of the kind that you guys have been discussing tonight about what would the consequences be, you know, will we have enough innovation to justify it, that kind of thing. Uh, and the other is more rights-oriented or principled, and uh, the basic idea is that uh, libertarians sort of get the idea that our rights come from the fact that we create things and we own what we create. And so they think, well, naturally we create ideas as well as houses and tangible things, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, you own that too. Um, of course, that opens up a can of worms because when you start assigning rights and ideas – that can only be protected by basically giving you rights in other people's property, right? So if you have a right to a, a design or a recipe or a method or a, or a book, then that basically gives you the right to interfere with what other people are doing with their own bodies and their own property that they already own. So you set up right away a, a conflict between tangible rights of the people that homesteaded these, these goods, their bodies and things that they own. So as an example of what you're saying, for instance, if, Mark, you came up with a a really nice-looking rocking chair that you carved yourself and you managed to get, for whatever reason, a patent on that or trademark it or whatever government protection. There's a patent out there for a crustless peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, so So if you managed to get some sort of monopoly protection on that, I could have a big piece of wood and a knife or whatever you would need to carve out a rocking chair. If I decided to carve out the exact same rocking chair with my knife and my piece of wood, then you're saying, Stephen, that the uh, the, the ideas uh, or the concept that there's this intellectual property rights versus a tangible property rights, they then clash because all of a sudden this government gang is going to come in. If they find out that I'm making a replica of your chair without your permission, Mark, they're going to hurt me. Now, Stephen, um, uh, Stephen, excuse me. Do I understand me. that right, Stephen? I'm sorry. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a good way to, uh, to apply the idea. I think that um, – now, obviously, in the case of the po- copyrights and patents uh, differ in the sense that uh, – in in you're, what you're talking about is true in the case of a patent. However, in a copyright, it's, it's not quite so true. Um, you know, one, two people can have their own unique ideas that might be the same, and then they have to sort of prove a, uh, a, you know, a, a, a line of possession, as it were, in order to, uh, to prove that someone stole it from you. Well – Okay, look, I, I mean, I go back and forth on what's worse, copyright or patent. Uh, <laughs> in some ways, patent is worse, but copyright can last basically 170 years or something total. Right. Uh, so copyright almost never dies. Um, and it is true that there's, a, in a way, a narrow exception to copyright that says that um, you know, if you independently invent uh, – I'm sorry, independently author a new work of authorship without having access to the, someone else's work, if they're the identical works – that's perfectly fine because there's no copying going on, but that's al- that almost never happens. So, and, and basically, what happens is someone comes up with a, like, say, the, the plot of Star Wars, like, you know, George Lucas. You get a right in Star Wars and literal copies of that movie or even the book, but also in what's called derivative works. Okay, so 
using now, the characters. Yeah, everyone's got the idea of Star Wars in their head. Even people who haven't seen the movie know about the general plot. They know who Obi-Wan Kenobi was, etc. You can't, you can't go write your book and say, uh, this is Mark's New Adventures of you know, Lando Calrissian. Right. You can't do that. It's a derivative <laughs> work, even, even though you didn't copy anything. I, well, I guess you copied the character. Um, you know, I wouldn't – those those aren't my concerns. What My biggest concern in the area of um, intellectual property is um, I think I, I think that movies would go away as we know them today. However, that doesn't bother me much, but there are people in the movie industry that's going to bother a great deal. I think that uh, software might change uh, to some extent, but I think that it, it would largely stay intact. But drugs are what bother me the most. Can you address the issue of drugs, Stefan? I mean, in a way, it's, it's sort of you hear these two things over and over again: movies and drugs. And, movies and, and drugs. You know, those are the issues. If, if you give if you give me the offer, let's abolish copyright and patent except for movies and drugs. I would take the deal. It would be a pretty good deal. Yeah. You know, but 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 most of the pro IP people don't just want that. They, these are just the excuses for the whole system. Well, I'm trying to look at it critic critically, and the, when I look at it critically, those are the ones that I come up with is that I think that it would destroy the movie industry as we know it today, or well, change okay, change it dramatically. So let's take drugs. Okay, okay, let's look at drugs. Why do we need? Why do we need? First of all, think of the example. And Mark, uh, I think Ian gave the example earlier about uh, clothing and per- perfumes and things like that, and which which compete perfectly well without any kind of IP protection on their designs. Sure. And imagine in the drug context, you go to the, the drugstore and you can see Tylenol, Tylenol on the shelf and the, and the generic right next to it for about half the price. You can, yeah. The Tylenol is still selling because of the reputation, mm-hmm. right? So right, right off the bat, you can see that they don't have any rights there except for their reputation, who, the source of, of where it comes from, and people are willing to pay more. Um, and in the case of pharmaceuticals, so let's think about it. Why do they need this monopoly profit to make the drugs. What's the theory there? The, the theory it's is... It's too expensive to make it otherwise, right? Right. The theory is that they wouldn't be able to make the profits because generics would beat them out of the marketplace. Well, okay. So, first of all, we have the FTC. We have tort laws that drive these companies out of business, and they're already in bed with the government subsidized and doing all kinds of uh, uh, crazy non-market things that they don't need to be doing. So I would say let's, as a first step, remove the... the uh, the FDC, the Federal Death Commission, remove all the tort laws that put these companies out of business and raise their tax. Remove all the taxes. If you remove all these things, uh, or if you offer a, a drug company, how about if we take away your right to get patents, but we also take away all of your taxes, all the FDC regulations, and all the tort laws that are unfair and unreasonable? What deal do you think they would take? I have no idea. I really don't know. I, how badly do they want to lock their competitors out? Well, you know, the, the thing is, these guys have to, have to compete against other companies with patents as well. So the primary purpose of their patents is defensive. They're spending all this money to acquire these patents that they sit on and right. hold just so they can use it to sue someone who might sue them. And so half the time they just sit on it anyway, and they don't sue anyone. And they basically lock out of uh, business the small competitors who don't have any patents of their own. Right. So as usual, it's the big companies in, in business in bed with the government to stop the small companies. But with that, I don't know if that addresses the concern, uh, the idea that these companies would be too afraid to then innovate because somebody else gonna, is going to come, come along, manufacture right. They wouldn't want to and- dump millions of dollars in R&D because, um, you know, they, cause somebody, cause the fact is somebody's going to come along and slap their logo on it and say, say that they've got the cure for cancer or whatever. Well, see, here, here's the thing. What's the baseline assumption that we libertarians start from? Do we assume that whatever the status situation is we have to accept it unless we can come up with an argument 
to get rid of the laws. I would say it's the other way around. I would say that, that we have to say what is the justification for this law. No. And, 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 the, and the people that are in favor of the, the patents say, well, we need it to uh, incentivize companies to make pharmaceuticals. Stephan, hang on. Stephan, I don't think Sorry. I come from that standpoint. I think I come from a conservative standpoint is prove it. I've got to prove what currently is today wrong in order to move forward. Hang and on, I have Stephan. mostly. We're going to bring you back here uh, to continue this discussion. If you've got a question for him, dial in at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you. So enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. In Chapter 6, Subterranean, Tad Galahad goes to hell. In hell, he finds nanobots, killbots, sexbots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com to read all six chapters, and Chapter seven's coming soon. The controversy continues over intellectual property. Should the monopoly privilege that government grants to various creators of ideas and artworks and things like that, should it continue to exist? While Mark is uh, certainly in favor of the idea of getting rid of some intellectual property protections, there are certain vestiges of the idea that he hasn't quite yet let uh, let let go of because of, I think, one of the main concerns I'm hearing from you, Mark, and we have Stefan Kinsella on the line with us as well, an intellectual property uh, patent attorney by profession and also a libertarian. So, Stefan, welcome back to Free Talk Live. But the the primary objection I'm hearing from you, especially in the realm of inventions, is that if there's no government monopoly privilege, then you're very concerned that companies will have no incentive to actually do the research and development necessary in order to innovate new ideas and get new products onto the marketplace for fear of having some generic manufacturer come in and do a better job of marketing and, and selling the very same product. Am I understanding you correctly, Mark? Yep, that's correct. Okay, Stefan, you're back on the air. Go ahead, sir. What are your thoughts? Thanks, guys. Um, well, you know, what I was going to say, I was getting a little bit off track, um, and I apologize for that. But um, to my mind, the primary argument is justice. What are our rights? And I do understand the sort of consequential argument about what are the results of these policies. So from that perspective, what I would say is, is no one can really seriously argue that if you get rid of patents, there is no incentive to innovate. All you can really argue is there's less incentive to, less incentive to innovate, right. correct? Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, you're stuck in this sort of balancing act where you're saying that we're going to have less innovation, but you have to admit that there's less cost as well from the, from the imposition of this patent system. A great deal less cost. So my first question would be, how do you know what the net is? How do you know that the net of adding the cost on the economy and society of the patent system is less than this extra marginal benefit you get from the innovation. I mean, how do you know even what the number is or even that it's positive? There seems to be an assumption that it is when you say that we're going to lose drugs and invention. I mean, you tell me what the number is. I have no idea. (laughs) I just couldn't tell you. What what my answer would be is if if I were on the side of uh, let's get rid of 
all government and have uh, freedom in this area, my answer would be is that, uh, well, the marketplace will come up with some kind of intellectual property uh, protections. I don't know what they'll be, but I'm certain that in areas of drugs and that kind of thing, that there will be some. I imagine I don't secrecy know what they would be. be important. I imagine, uh, you know, secrecy and keeping the ideas under wraps would probably be important until the product is released. That would be a factor, but that wouldn't stop people from taking and re- reverse engineering it upon its release. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of innovative uh, things that companies could come up with in the absence of government intervention that antitrust law, for example, prevents now. I mean, for goodness sake, let's think. We're we're libertarians here, and we're living in an economy where the government penalizes, regulates, and hampers these these companies with taxes, regulations, antitrust law, federal FDC, uh, tort law. And we want to ask this government that hurts these companies to help them out by adding another government program to give them another monopoly run by the the bureaucracy in Washington, D.C., and administered by the federal courts, appointed by the president. It's just ridiculous. There's yeah, no I'm way with this you. is going to work. I'm with you almost 100%, except for when you called me a libertarian. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys have renounced that term. Well, no, right? I, I, yeah, you have too, Mark, haven't you? I just, you know, it, it, it's too misunderstood. Yeah, um, I can't you think know, it people, anymore. People think it means liberal. People think it means I support Bob Barr. People think it means all those things, and it just doesn't mean any of those things to me. So, I, I you know, I'm, I prefer not to use that label. If somebody uses it on me, I will uh, discuss it with them. Well, what's but your preferred label these days, Mark? Minarchist? I, I think that I'm going to go with, I, I don't know. I like Voluntary secessionist. So, hey, that's a good one. That's cool. <laughs> I certainly want a limited republic. Uh, you know, very limited republic, something like that. Filistarian, maybe. <laughs> what? What a is what? that? Oh no, I, I misspoke there. Um, <laughs> Propertarians, there's all kinds of terms out there. There's all kinds of silly terms, and uh, I, I wish that one of them uh, really struck my fancy, but they really don't. I think it's been good discussion. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, uh, Stefan? Anything? Uh, no, that's all. I just wanted to chime in here, but I appreciate your show, and I enjoy the topics. Well, thanks, I'm really glad you were out there to call in tonight on this, because uh, I, th- I think I can defend the ideas pretty well, but you are definitely the, uh, the go-to guy. Well, hey, he has hey, that where, sound of an expert, I'll tell you. Are you still there? Stephen, yes, I'm here. what's your website? People can go to maybe read more about stuff like this. Uh, StephanKinsella.com. K- you don't have to spell Kinsella. That's K-I-N-S-E-L-L-A? That's right. Stephan right. with an A. Very good. Thank you for the call tonight, sir. We appreciate the input on this most uh, debated, one of the most, I would think, debated issues amongst pro-liberty uh, people. And it's one that will continue to be uh, talked about. 800-259-9231. I was happy to hear him say that if he had to compromise, because politics seems to be a great deal about compromise, um, that if he had to compromise and he would take out uh, movies and uh, the drugs out of you know the, the debate on intellectual property, he would, and he'd be very happy with it. And I think that uh, we would see a, a huge, a giant leap forward in intellectual property if we uh, – you know. D- 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 Re looked at all of it because it's yeah. it's just they they the government is using it to reward their friends and punish their enemies. Yeah, and though that's how it's always going to be. I mean, these companies they take out all these patents as 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 he was talking about defensive measures. They buy them up and they sit on them, or they come up with them themselves, or they buy them up, they sit on them, and then nobody can use those ideas, and we don't benefit from that. So I think it's possible that, and again, as Stefan said, what's the numbers? There's no way to speculate in advance what things would really be like. But I think it's certainly possible that in the free marketplace, we'd have more innovation. We'd have more vigorous competition. And we know that as people that study uh, the market, we know that competition leads to innovation. When people are competing for those profits, even if it's just 2% or whatever the profit margin is, even if it's a very, very small profit margin, they will go and you know slit, almost slit each other's throats over that 2%, not literally, but 
biz in a business sense to try to you know bring the best service and the best products at the lowest prices to the consumer marketplace and hopefully take home a few bucks after the day's over. That leads to innovation. That leads to new ideas. And to su- suggest that it just wouldn't happen anymore, I, I don't think that's the case. 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Mike. In Indiana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Mike, hello, hello. you're on the air. Oh, this is Mark. Oh, Mark, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Oh, not much. Um, I have a question. I, uh, I've heard you guys talk about the topic before, but how do you guys uh, suggest on converting uh, liberals or socialists, I guess you could say? I think that uh, personally what I think is the best uh, uh, scheme for doing that is to to show them the gun in the room, to show them the violence uh, inherent in government. But before you do that, you need to find out where the issues are that you agree with the ends. So if as a uh, socialist they like the idea of helping poor people, then you want to take that issue and then show them how having the gun in the room actually hurts poor people or show them how their government programs that are intended to help poor people and that everyone thinks helps poor people actually ends up enriching the middle class bureaucrats and we can bring it back for more discussion here hang on 800-259-9231 because i'm curious maybe you've had some experiences that you can share with us mark uh not you mark but the caller mark 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number you bring up anything it's free talk live one of the bonuses you'll get as a free talk live amplifier is access to our classic archives For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want, toll-free at 800-259-9231, SACL CAI, toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Uh, And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. .com. And do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's innerknobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. The code you need is FTL to save 10%. And don't forget to see their banner on our website at freetalklive.com. As we go back to Mark in Indiana calling, asking about uh, tips on how to convert, was the term that you used, uh, convert liberals over to being a liberty-minded individual. Is that correct, Mark? Yeah. Um, well, like I was uh, saying, I've, I've called up about this kind of thing before, but um, you know, I grew up on the right, kind of the far right, and I've uh, completely pretty much abolished those I mean, ideas of warmongering and tearmongering and all that. And right. uh, I can agree with them on that stuff, of course, but... Uh, uh, you know, I've, my past is, you know, to get like screaming arguments with him, and that does nothing. I mean, it just leads to, you know, whoever can scream the loudest. And I've kind of used your guys' approach through listening to the show by, um, you know, trying, you know, calm down and attack them at every, you know, politely at every point, you know, and ask them to explain themselves. And, um, you know, they're, they're just so big, they're so altruistic. They're so big on social programs and, yeah, you know, um, helping out the poor. But beyond the welfare state, I've even been telling them, you know, even nonprofits aren't that good. There's a lot of corruption involved. You know, uh, resources like funds aren't allocated the best way to where they would be in a, you know, for-profit business. 
Yeah, that all may be true. That all may be true, but there's no point in attempting to prove that to them. There's no point in uh, going out on that particular limb because the nonprofits aren't aggressing against their neighbors. I mean, yeah, there may be some corruption. There may be some bad guys out there running nonprofits. In fact, I'm certain there are. We've seen stories about it. But it doesn't do you any good from, you know, taking the perspective that you want this person to to see the gun in the room, to understand that as, as noble as their intentions might be to help the poor, to save the environment, have clean water and all that stuff, as noble as their intentions might be, aggressing against their neighbors is not the appropriate way to solve those problems. You should stop there and don't try to convince them anything about nonprofits because it, it's just I, – are you, are you with me on this, Mark? I am. There's no point in that. I am. It's just a, there's no point. Even though even if you could have evidence after evidence, why bother with it? All we want to get them to do is to stop supporting aggression. At that point, you can – once we get to that point, then we can start talking about nonprofits. So, yeah, I just um, kind of take the argument to the next level. And uh, and it's not an argument. Try not to think of it in terms as an argument. If you come in thinking you're arguing with somebody uh, that I think put – I think that puts you in the wrong mindset. I think what you need to come in with a mindset of is that you want this person to uh, – you want to be able to persuade them to your side. And, uh, and argumentation is not in any way persuasive. It's not persuasive to the person you're arguing with at least. It can be persuasive to the audience. So if you're having an argument with somebody in front of other people, then those other people get to listen to both sides and make their decision based on the information presented. While the um, your adversary, your opponent, if you will, in the argumentation process, simply digs in further to their position in order to defend it as best as they possibly can without really listening to the things that you're saying, which is why you take the position, or the, which is why I recommend taking the position of finding something that you agree on. For instance, we all want clean water and clean air to breathe, and, and there's most people want to help those that actually need help, whether it be uh, because of poverty or because of uh, some sort of medical condition or, or whatever that issue is. So those are easy things to agree with them on, and then you say, well, I want the these people to get helped, but I think that maybe you're going about it in a way that might actually be contrary to your goals. And then you can show them how it is that, you know, the government uh, welfare system actually has an overhead of like 60 to 70 percent, and all that goes to the middle class bureaucrats running the program. Very few people actually get the help that they need. Uh, and those people that do get help, many of them are just scam artists scamming the system, and it's easy for them to do that because the government bureaucrats don't have the incentives to care like somebody in a voluntary organization organization like a charity. So that's where you use the charity as your crutch instead of breaking down charities right after you've done that. So that kind of puts them in that position where you're showing them, hmm, maybe we can help people without aggression. And of course, you show them the gun in the room, uh, you know, talk about maybe how you may disagree with the way government does its handouts. But if you disagree too vehemently, they send the men with guns along to hurt you. And once you start pointing out the gun in the room to a liberal, they will get very uncomfortable. They do not want to be associated with violence. I called the uh, the Keen Talkback Show here on WKBK here in Keen right. on Saturday morning, and if you go to freekeen.com. And you scroll through some of the audio clips that are there, you can hear one of these discussions. It was within the last month, so you won't have to scroll through too many. But they had this sort of central planning bureaucrat on the program to talk about the visioning process, where they have all these people come in from around the city to talk about what they want for the city in the future, and all these great ideas, you know, Keene should be safe, and Keene should be uh, historic, and Keene should be little, and Keene should be growing all at the same time. You know, all these things that people want out of the, the area that they live in. 
and the you know the woman that was talking she she really came off as a central control command and control kind of uh, liberal bureaucrat. And I called in with a simple question of, well, all this stuff sounds nice, but will you aggress against? Will you advocate aggressing against your neighbor in order to achieve these these goals? And she said, of course not. I would never advocate aggressing against my neighbor. So as soon as you can show them that, in point of fact, they are supporting aggressing against their neighbors, it really gives them something to chew on later. They're not going to switch over. You know, instantaneously, they're not going to bow down and say, oh, Mark, thank you for for bringing this information to me. I'd always been looking for it. Very, very rare situation yeah. there. But what will happen is that, you know, they may, I don't know how they'll all, they're going to be different responses initially to what you're saying to them. But it's later on at night when they're laying in bed, thinking back about the conversations they had during the daytime and thinking about the things that you said and thinking about what they believe in. That's when those things start to change. That's when people start to really listen to what it was that you were saying. And if you weren't arguing and you were instead agreeing with them, like, I want this too, but here's how I'm going about it. And here's why I don't support the way that you support going about it. Or have you ever thought of this before? Did you ever realize that you're in actually threatening your neighbors to get them to do these things and it doesn't have to be confrontational it doesn't have to be an adversary process at all i hope i've i've been rambling here but i hope i've been making sense no yeah that's that's true it's just uh it's difficult i mean i've done that in class and stuff before in school and uh i, I think it's better if you're in front of an audience because you got them kind of captivated you can you got a lot of freedom to say what you want but uh people just have this benevolent um everyone including leftists have a pretty benevolent you know, uh, omnipotent view of government, like it can do everything and it should do everything. It, it can solve all of our problems. And, um, it, I mean, once you point out, you know, the, yeah, but, we, you know, I've said, like, welfare is bad, but then they think, oh, you're a right-winger, you know. No, that's not it at all. And, um, yeah, I think it takes some time. I, I think you, Oh, yeah, it does. You know, what people think, you know, oh, all government is is, you know, putting a gun in someone's head. They're like, well, yeah, it, it take a lot of people saying that and the right kind of influences to say that, I think, in order for them to actually believe it. To some extent, what you're saying is true, um, but it, it's, it's basically the older the person is, the more indoctrinated <laughs> they are. Uh, and I think that you know, it, just, it requires more peeling of the onion because I'll tell you, young people get this stuff and they get it quick. Well, let me suggest another uh, method for peeling that onion, and that is to ask questions as opposed to make declarations. When you make statements about why welfare is bad or why the marketplace would be better than the government welfare program, that's all well and good. But it's better if you can get them to come to the same conclusions you have by asking asking a series of questions. Now, I'm not advocating these are the best, uh, you know, it depends on who you're talking to or whatever, but if we're talking about the idea of helping the poor, you know, you may want to ask a question like, well, if... Uh are you willing to hurt people that don't want to contribute to your program? Are you willing to, or do you do you understand, or can can you, what, or maybe take them through the steps? Like, what would happen to me if I decided I disagreed with the way your program was being run? Let's say I want to help people, but I think that my money would do better with the Salvation Army or United Way. What do you think should happen, or what do you think will happen to me if I disagree with it? See if you can sort of walk them through the steps to where they could come to the conclusion on their own that, oh my gosh, I'm supporting a a violent gang of people calling themselves government. So it is a process in experimenting and trying different things. If what you're trying doesn't seem to be working, you know, try something else. But asking questions is so powerful. It's a way to get people to question their beliefs without actually making statements. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Thanks for the call, dude. 
This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it right now at 1-800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, an easy way to do it is to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever you buy in over 41 categories, get your shopping done at amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your calls here. A uh, listeners or The listeners have been waiting and been asking for Paula in Florida. It's been a, like a couple weeks at least, Paula. Have you been all right? Yeah. Oh, our listeners have been asking about you. There have been posts on our bulletin board system. They've been wondering if Paula's okay. Hadn't heard from her for a while. so. Okay. Uh, y'all heard about the people being arrested in Denver, right? No, wait. Who, you mean the... Okay, the Democratic oh. Party has had people arrested for being there and verbally protesting about things. You know, Already? When is this yeah. convention? Yeah, and uh, they've got them in a warehouse prison. No, no, no. It's no, on the You misunderstood. The, no, I didn't. Uh, no. Uh, you're telling I me people are in the warehouse already? Yeah, they've already got him in a jail, yeah. And anyway... I don't um, know. They did. It was on Let's Alex's program this. about this today, too. I, I, but, I, they're going to anyway, do that, Paula, but I don't think they've done it Yeah, I think yeah, they already have. They've already got some in, in the prison, yeah. The, the, but wait a minute, Paula. It's my understanding that the prison, this warehouse prison, this uh, concentration camp, essentially, as we reported on last week, yeah. is uh, expected for... High-volume arrests. If they're no, just they, arresting a couple of protesters, they're taking no, them to the jail. It's more than a couple, but the thing is, is that it's already been taking place. Okay, I mean, they've asked them how they're getting exposure I to uh, their attorney, how they're getting exposure to any, you know, any type of medical help or whatever. But anyway, they've where did got this allegation come from? I mean, you huh? said it was you said it was on the Alex Jones program, yeah, yeah, it was on but that is not there. that is not inherently a uh, reliable source. No, I, Alex I, I normally cites it, sources. Okay, and where it, did it you go? Happening. Where did you go? How did you check into it? Because I want to know about this. Call. But anyway, um, mm. the thing is, is that uh, the Democratic Party is having this done. And the thing is, I call them and I chew their little rear ends out, and then I call the FBI, and I said, if there's any, if this is you know taking place, I said you are to go and arrest these officers right off the bat. I said you'll get these people out of this prison. I said they violated the law, they violated the Constitution, they violated the people's rights, and I said we have a Constitution. And I said, we have a right to voice our opinion about anything we want. But anyway... Uh, well, you're right so. here, Paula. I'm looking around for this story, trying to figure out where you got this word from. And there's there are several stories about how the city of Denver is well, making plans for next week when they'll host the DNC. You know, there's people that are already there. They're saying that they've shipped out 100 inmates to other facilities in order to make room inside their jail. So right now they're actually just shifting people around. There's no real word here in no, the media, for, at least, that they're using the warehouse at this point. Well, as what I understood that they already got, they asked them, they said, how are they getting exposure to their uh, uh, to an attorney, to medical help, or whatever they need? And uh, But anyway, I just let them know that, you know, this is not going to happen. In Wait, no uncertain terms. Wait, what's not going to happen? They're not going to arrest anybody for. I mean, we have a. But right they already to are. Didn't you just tell me they already are arresting them? That's what we, we've been told. Yeah, they're already well, arresting them. Yeah. Paula, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't want to rain on your parade here, but I mean, they did it back just, in 2004. You know, people are getting there ahead of time, okay? 
Yes, I understand that. But they did this back in 2004. They rounded people up, thousands of people off the streets of New York City during the Republican convention, and they warehoused them just like they're planning on doing in Denver. So let me make it clear, Paula. I'm with you in that I think this is atrocious. I think this is an outrageous violation of free speech. And I think it's sick what these uh, government people are doing to these or are planning on doing to these protesters coming up here at these conventions. But I don't know if there's any evidence that they've started in advance to warehouse these been, people. Uh, we were told that they have already, you know, okay. people are already there and they, they've already got somebody in, I mean, some of the guys already in there. Well, again, but, you know, even if it's true, Paula, what can we do about it, right? I mean, even if what you say is true, that they're already starting to put people in this warehouse, what can be done? Going to run go for and office? You, call, you get a hold like I did. I called the FBI and I explained to them, I said, this is against the law. I said, they're violating the Constitution. They're violating the people's and rights. And what did they tell you? I told him, I said, you go and arrest these officers. If, if, if these people are there, I said, you better arrest these officers right now. What do they tell you? They say they're going to get right on that? Yeah, they, yeah, they said they get on it. Well, but they anyway, haven't done it, people, have they? The people of this country need to stand up and start raising cane about this. Well, I, I agree there. I'll, I'll agree with that part, Paula. But, I tell you what, I'm totally fed up. But if, they, if you stand up too tall, they're going to take you into the warehouse. That's the thing. <laughs> well, they got people family, scared. If the Democratic Party is doing this... I can do, we're, we're in the process no, no, of the party doing right it. now. The family is. It's not the Democratic I mean, Party, enough. Paula. It's everybody. Huh? She said the family was doing something, and I'd much rather hear about yeah, that exactly than your the ramblings. Family is. We're, we're, we're What's the, the family doing? The party. We've already talked to the representatives up there. Does, and who's family? Said, you, is, is Howard Dean in the family, Paula? No. No, he's not? But all I'm saying is that, that Jackson wearing hippie family wasn't. had enough. And, I mean, we've already told Nancy don't even show up back in Washington. We've already asked for Jackson Lee to take over. Who? So now you, he's, she's just naming political names. Now, Paula. No, so, I, 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 she's, a, she's a constitutionalist. But anyway, the thing is, is that Nancy is through. And who is we call Nancy? Her and told her she's through. Na- Nancy, who? Pelosi. Okay. Well, so she's going to be replaced by some other big government Jackson freak, Lee, yes, we've, like we've Cindy Sheehan or whoever else. And nothing's nothing significant is going to change here, Paula. Yeah, and I don't think that going and protesting. Look, I'm all in Nancy, favor. Nancy. I'm all in favor of protesting, Paula, but I don't think it's going to do any good. And we got, we've got we gotten into this situation where the government is setting up concentration camps for protesters to send the message in advance, hey, if you protest, you're going in the clink. And that's going to be effective at scaring people away from protesting. Not that I think they should be scared well, off. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of, of officers we have that are standing up against this, okay? I mean, we have a lot really? of FBI guys that are standing up for our country. And I mean, not everybody. The FBI. Yeah, some FBI guys. I mean, they're really pissed off what's happening. So they're the bulwark of freedom, actually. FBI is not going to go. I understand you called them, Paula, but I'm telling you, they are not going to Denver and arresting the sheriff. It's the sheriff in Denver that has set this prison up. The sheriff. The sheriff is the police. No, no, he's not. The police department. The sheriff's the. You know, the city of Denver. Yeah, that would be police. Okay, whatever. The sheriff, the chief of police, they're all a bunch of police bureaucrats, and the FBI is not going to go in there and arrest him for setting up a warehouse jail. I'm sorry. I wish they would. Well, if, if, he wa- if they want to lose their job, just not do it. Who's going to lose they, their job? They, they took an oath when they went Paula, to office also. Paula, wait a minute. Do you understand that cops can murder people and not lose their jobs? Well, I tell you, you what, think the FBI is going to lose their job if they don't go and their life these? real quick because there's somebody more powerful than anybody else that can take them out. Well, there you go. Je- Jesus should shoot them down with <laughs> lightning bolts God from his eyes. Down in a heartbeat. Yeah.
Yeah, I wish that would happen, but I, I mean, it just doesn't it seem like God. If if there out. is this monotheistic God, as you suggest, and I don't believe there is for a moment, he do, but if there is approval. this monotheistic God, then he has never done anything to save any innocent lives uh, at any point from destruction by these government people. Millions upon millions of innocent people have been slaughtered by their so-called governments in the 20th century alone, and Jesus didn't shed a tear for them. Let me tell you something that I did, okay? All right. Um, not too long ago, um, when uh, remember when Cheney went into the hospital? Uh, yeah, was it the one he got shot or whatever? No, no. no. Was, remember when he, he had a, a he had a problem twice with his heart? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I okay. went to Father God myself, and I said, Father, you're going to have to wake this man up. I said, He, you need to go to him and do something to wake this man up. Wouldn't it be anyway, easier to just have him stop his heart? <laughs> yeah, he Jesus, ho- please stop this man's heart. He, Jesus he loves you until he shoots voice. lightning out of his eyes at you. But hey, I tell you what, when he he wants to wake somebody up, he'll do it. And I mean, he is, I mean, they have gone against his laws. They is, have broken right and left. Is Cheney like awake torture now? torture thing. God says you do not torture. And Why when they're it? doing this, he's going he's gonna to take care of them. Like What's he waiting for? Okay, why why is he waiting right? so long? I mean, the torture's been going on, and it's going to keep going on. Okay, right now, God wants GW out of office, and he tells you right in the Bible. Well, that's going to get it on the 20th of January that's of next their, year. Their own system is going to ensure that happens well, he unless he calls martial children, law. He expects his children to do. He, like he said, I gave you a king. I'm going to take him out with my fury. And he expects this to happen. Damn. Kings and fury. And if his children don't stand up and do what he says do, they're going to be in trouble. Hmm. And they're going to answer him for it. But, I mean, you can even read in the book of Hosea about GW and, and, and Blair. <laughs> they're right in there. He's talking about them. But anyway, the thing is, though, this has got to stop. The people of this country have rights. They're going to have to – I mean, like they're trying to you take know, our Paula, away. You know, Paula, people only have rights if they know they have rights. And people well, only have, have rights if they, they exercise. Rights. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you. I think people need to, to, to do more than just protest because protesting has never – Turned the government around. There have been so many damn protests, and I've been involved with a number of them. I've been in peace protests, and I've been on protests against taxes, and I've been on all kinds of protests. There have been so many damn protests, and it has done nothing to turn the direction of the state around. I think we need to take the next step, and that is to non-cooperate. No, voting, that hasn't changed it either. Non-cooperate. Just say no when these bureaucrats demand things of you. Paula, great call. We appreciate hearing from you. I'm glad you agree. We appreciate hearing from you. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And we will return tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime (laughs) at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.